Welcome back to the Hog Trench. We were not on the air last week. Little unfortunate events happening. Unable to put out a show. But we're back this week. And you know what? It's week nine. We're halfway through the season. Somewhat. Kind of. Uh, Most teams uh, have gone through their buys. We still got some more to go. Uh, Very big. Very deep into the season. You know, we're well underway. A lot of teams are starting... Not a lot. I should say some teams are starting to kind of show that they are the you know the top tier teams. Other teams we don't know yet. And then there's the dog crap teams. And then there's the NFC East, who is just one dumpster fire of a division. The best team is three, four, and one. And that's my team, which sucks. There's no way around at all of making up any kind of excuse for it at this point. The Eagles suck. They're all line. One of the worst in the league at this moment. Not just because of injuries, but even the starters that are there now aren't playing their best. Jason Kelsey is not playing like an all-pro center. Jason Peters, he's not even one of our best linemen anymore. He's back playing. He sucks. He's terrible. He's playing worse. Than Jordan Mailata. He is. There's no reason why Peter should be at left tackle again. Mailata should be at left tackle. Peters and maybe left guard or right guard. Peters isn't playing as good as he or excuse me, Kelsey isn't playing as good as he always has. I repeat that. Lane Johnson comes back, gets injured, goes back out there, gets injured, goes back out there, get injured. Like, what what, what that that helps nothing. Then you have a quarterback who just holds onto the ball away too long. No wonder they lead the league in sacks. With 32. Footballoutsiders.com has the Eagles ranked in their passing linemen at 29. I don't understand how even that makes sense. I don't. I really don't. I guess they have their adjusted sack rate. The Eagles are at 8.6%. Houston's tied with them, and so is the so is the Jets. Washington is 8.8 and Jacksonville is 9. But I feel like if you lead the league in sacks, you should just be put at the bottom. We're supposed to have an all-pro line all year. We're, that's what the all-offseason, all excuse me. We were expected to have an all-pro line. All-pro line playing well. Yes, even Peters at left guard, shaky. Brooks goes down. Johnson goes down. Dillard goes down. Kelsey's the only one left. Peters is out. It doesn't make much of a difference. It kind of actually got a little better. But man, oh days, is it terrible. And it's not like we can make up for it in the run game because the run game isn't being called enough. Boston Scott averaged, I think, seven or six yards in that game and only got the ball a handful of times. Less than 20, less than 15, maybe. Maybe 15. It was awful. He was doing great. How do you not give him the ball? It just blows my mind. And then, for one thing in pro football, or excuse me, footballoutsiders.com has Tennessee ranked as the number one run-blocking offensive line. Now, granted, you have Derrick Henry as your running back. You get through one hole, and it, and it takes five guys to still bring him down. That doesn't, help, that, that, that doesn't make it any easier on the defense. It just makes your offensive line look godly. They lost Taylor Lewan, and they didn't do that well in the previous couple weeks. 
And then they have the Rams at two, which is interesting because they're I, I don't know how they do these stats. Their power success is at an 84%. Their running back yards is 5.49 per carry, which is very good. But I don't I don't understand how exactly they rank they do all these rankings. I mean, the, it seems like to me the Rams should be a little lower. Because uh, it seems like Cleveland, Minnesota, and even New England has actually been better. That's the one thing about New England. If you ever watch New England games, their offensive line isn't that good. Honestly, to me, it didn't always seem like it was in New England when it came to pass blocking. Because with Tom Brady, it was snap, second and a half, throw. That's a that's a line, offensive lineman's dream. But their running game was always somewhat decent. Their running game was always good. Running back by committee. They were good on the flats, good in screens. And this year they kind of got they got better at that, but their offensive line eh, on on pass blocking, it's kind of proven itself with the way it, the, with the with the change at quarterback with Cam Newton. He sacked only fifteen times, still a little bit uh, a little a little much, but a fifteen times with that kind of a quarterback who can run. Uh, I feel like the number should be lower. I I I, I do. And I think there's a lot of it could have to do with Cam. Maybe he's holding on to the ball too long, like Carson Wentz is. Then again, Cam Newton's not that good of a quarterback. And a lot of Boston fans thought they were going back to the playoffs and win the division, go to the Super Bowl possibly. That's not happening. I think they're, what, 2-5? and five? Yeah, it's not happening. Cam was a bust. Good thing they only paid them a million dollars. They have, what, like 20 million, 22 cap? They'll fix it up. I think they should go with offensive line at some point, free agency or the draft for that. Just my own personal opinion, as I am always looking to give the credit and honor to offensive linemen. And that being said, the money. Uh, this is a professional league, and I think they deserve a lot of it. Now, since this is halfway through the week, we're going to do a little special here. I know this is supposed to be just catered to linemen and some occasional linebackers. But I really think that we should go look at the whole league as a perspective at the moment. Look at where we stand halfway through the year. It's a little interesting, a little different. So we're going to look at these divisions by division. Go into depth with some teams and some teams will just say they're they're bad. Some teams, hey, they're really good. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it takes us. Starting with the AFC, and we'll start with East Coast, West Coast, AFC East. Wow. You know, the East Coast just isn't doing that good in general this year. The Bills are 6-2, and two, and lately they've been looking shaky. They did beat the, the Pats recently, another late game fumble by Cam. And again, I this doesn't really need to be reset, but Cam is not playing well this year. Cam Newton is not that good of a quarterback. He's never been that great of a quarterback since his Super Bowl year. He's been injured a lot. This year, he's not really injured. He already got benched during a game once. Through what, three interceptions against the Niners? But we'll get to later that are currently four and five. Not that good of a team either. For the first, we'll get to, we'll get, I'm getting ahead of myself. It's at the end. Miami. Miami's four and three. I feel like I'm the only one. I don't know if I sit on the show. I feel like I'm one of the only people that projected Miami to be second place. And halfway through the season, that's where they stand. And then I thought New England would be third. 
at two and five. I never thought the Jets would be zero and eight. That's just comical. That is just comical. And it all goes back to their poor draft picks. Mackie Becton's actually been one that's prospered a little bit. I wasn't too fond of Mackie Becton when he came into the league. I thought he might have been a combine guy, you know, an analytical guy, super big, super, super tall, could lose a few pounds. He's not playing bad. He's not playing bad at all. But their quarterback is still Sam Darnold, and I'm still going to be harsh on Sam Darnold. I do not like Sam Darnold. He's not that good of a quarterback. He wasn't great at USC. And, you know, I think the future of this division is still Buffalo and Miami. Unless somehow the Pats trade up for Trevor Lawrence. Do I ever think the Jets would be dumb enough to trade New England Trevor Lawrence? No. That would just skyrocket New England's chances of making the playoffs the next season. And no Jets fan wants to see that. No AFC East fan wants to see that. Unless you're a Pats fan, of course. But... As of right now, the future of the AFC East is Josh Allen and Tua Tagovailoa. Tua didn't play a perfect game last week. I still think they shouldn't have gone to him this early. The way Fitz was playing and leading them, I thought, you know, if they kept winning, they should have rode him out. Trying to make a playoff spot with him. I get it, you're rebuilding, but if you make the playoffs, that's just a positive. That's just a cherry on top. The dude was playing out of his mind. Not to mention you have two rookie offensive linemen on that team, and you, I think they're on the right side. And you really don't want your left-handed quarterback to be blindsided because of two rookie linemen. It's, it's a lot different. Fitzpatrick is right-handed. He can see him coming. He can throw it away. can make a play. Could be different for Tua. He's also a rookie, too. So it is what it is. But I predict, you know, this is how the division will stand it by the end of the year. Could Miami make a push? I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. But I think Buffalo's defense is just too good. I wouldn't put it past them. I think that Buffalo is just too good to overcome. It It's hard because Buffalo's been teetering the last couple of weeks in a few different ways. They're only a game back. They really are. I mean, it's, it's, it's not anybody's division, but Miami can make a push. Moving on to the AFC North. Pittsburgh is the best football team in the league at the moment. 7-0. Not just because of the record. They just are flat out the best team in the league at the moment. Best defense in the league at the moment. Baltimore 5-2. and two. People are figuring out how to play against the Ravens for the most part. Yes, they're still 5-2, and two, but they lost a couple, a couple games that they shouldn't have lost. They lost to two good teams that they would, no doubt, have to see one of them in the playoffs, or if not both, the Chiefs and the Steelers, and they lost to both of them. In crucial games, the Chiefs handled them well, I believe. It was very long. It was quite a quite quite a many weeks ago. Yes, it was week three. They lost thirty four to twenty. I remember that. It wasn't that close. It, it, it seems closer in that score, a little bit, but it was more or less garbage and blowout time. But then they lost that real close one to the Steelers, and Lamar coughed it up. Lamar coughed it up. Er, didn't get the first down. Excuse me. Turned it over on downs. He just hasn't shot, shown, shined his. Excuse me, shown, shine, sheen, cha, shined his brightest in the in the, in the big moments. I'm stuttering a lot tonight. Don't understand why. He hasn't shined brightest in the biggest moments. He hasn't. And for the first time this year, I think when he was leading at the at the half, he lost, and that was to Pittsburgh. That's the first time in his career, maybe the second time. 
And then you have Cleveland, who is a garbage above a 500 team. Maybe with Odell going out, this makes them better because Baker's not just throwing the ball to Odell constantly. Now, I feel awful and terrible for Odell, but he just needs to get out of Cleveland. Maybe this is the last straw. I don't know. Baker, maybe he does better without Odell. He did better without Odell after the game went on. They, they won the game. Again, it was only Cincinnati. Then moving on to Cincinnati, if they had a defense and a kicker, <laughs> they could be almost 500 right now. Joe Burrow's playing out of his mind. They're 2-5-1. and one. They tied with my Eagles. Fun fact, I've seen my team tie the Cincinnati Bengals, a team in the opposite conference, twice in my lifetime. The odds of that happening are very slim, and the fact that it did happen sucks. It done right sucks. I'm still pissed about that game, and I'm being brutally honest. I am pissed about that game. Because there's no shot that should have happened. But here we are. My team's also bad. So slightly but slightly better. One game better record than them at this moment. So overall, I think the AFC North, that's that I think the I think the Steelers are gonna run away with it. I think they're gonna lose at some point. I don't see them being the second team ever to go undefeated in a longer season as well. Was that at that? AFC South. The Titans were top dogs for a while in the league. Teetering, Luan goes out. You know, teams are starting to figure out how to play them. They're five and two. It's not looking the best. It's two two games back to back lost, and the one was against Cincinnati. It's not good, and they lost by two scores. Not even ten points. It was eleven. So you had to you had to either score two touchdowns or a touchdown on a two point conversion, and then field goal. So. And then again, I I feel like against Pittsburgh, that might have just been, you know, soul-crushing losses at that. I mean, you lose by three and you come up that close and your kicker loses it for you to go to overtime. That's heart-wrenching. And you were at home. It's not like you had to kick in Heinz Field where the wind blows in every other direction on a chilly day. It was in Tennessee. Tannehill threw for 366 yards. Henry ran, or excuse me, 220 yards. It's looking at the wrong stat line. Henry, Tannehill threw 220 yards. Henry only ran for 75. That was his third game under 70, under 100 yards. And then A.J. Brown, although, did have a good game at 153 yards, mainly because of that one long touchdown. But it was not a great game from the Titans. They came alive in the second half, and they came back, and they fought hard. But you have to play a whole four quarters if you're going to beat that Pittsburgh team. You're going to. And they didn't. And then the Colts starting to make a run at the Titans for that division. Really, it's going to come down to those two, in my opinion, at the end of the year. It's not going to really factor in with excuse me, the Jaguars and the Texans. They're both kind of done at this point. Colts, two wins in a row. Their other stretch was three in a row. They lost to Jacksonville in the week one, shockingly. And they lost to Cleveland, which isn't a good look. They did beat Detroit, and they beat them handedly. 41-21, to 21, Raheem, not, Raheem Hines. Naheem Hines. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Naheem Hines. Yes, Naheem Hines. He had 54 receiving yards. 
Wilkins had 89 rushing yards. Rivers only had 262 passing yards. Hines had a Hines had a heck of a day. He led his team in receiving yards with just 54 yards. The amount of receptions that were caught by this team and the amount of players that had catches that day is absolutely insane. 11. 11 guys had a catch. And three of them only had one. And one of them was rookie Michael Pittman Jr., who hasn't done a whole lot this year to begin with. Jonathan Taylor only had two catches for nine yards. Jack Doyle had two catches for 18 yards. One of them was a score. Naheem Naheem Hines stole the show with just three catches for two touchdowns and 54 yards. Because on the ground, he had five carries for eight yards. Jonathan Wilkins had a great game on the ground. 20 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor didn't do anything. He had 11 carries for 22 yards. Two catches for nine yards. Their should be best running back didn't even play his best game, and you got bl- and they blew out the Lions forty-one to twenty-one. That's a good. Th- that's a great game. Philip Rivers. Heck, 20, 23 of thirty-three, two hundred sixty-two, two hundred and sixty-two yards and three touchdowns, two sacks, a QBR of eighty-five. He outplayed and outperformed Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, all oh, well, it wasn't great. He had twenty-four of forty-two. Three touchdowns, a pick, sacked five times, and a QBR of 33. Like now, this year, 2020, I would have never expected Philip Rivers to outperform Matthew Stafford. Even if the Lions aren't top-notch Lions right now. I mean, he still has Marvin Jones and DeAndre Swift. No Kenny Galladay. He got injured during the game. Even with Danny Amendola, TJ Hawkinson. I'm shocked. I really am. In the last couple of games, it's just proving that it seems like the Colts could be on the rise. They only beat the the Cincinnati Bengals by four. But I, I, I the the Colts are going to make this interesting. They're going to make that. They're going to make that division interesting. And I don't have much to speak on for the Texans or the Jaguars. They both suck. They're both one and six. They're not going anywhere. They just had bad years. The Texans are still suffering from trading DeAndre Hopkins, and they've already fired their coach for that. And losing, so that's that. And then the AFC West, the last of the AFC teams, Chiefs casually up seven and one, with the team behind them being the only ones that beat them in the in the Las Vegas Raiders at four and three, who just got another fine for COVID violations and a draft pick taken away next year. I believe it was a sixth round. Good going, Las Vegas. You can't follow these simple rules. Agree or not, just follow the rules. Put the mask over your nose. It's not hard. Like, what 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 else is there to to really get? They make the they make some masks that you can put over your mouth, and you can still understand through the mic. It, it, it's not like it muffles it. Then Denver's at three and four. They've been up and down kind of this year. It's been an odd year for them, in my opinion. Uh, that that is. I mean, they lost Drew Locke early on for a few games. I think the only credible team they've beaten is maybe the Chargers. Because the Chargers are a really hot team, but they've lost by, I think, a score or less each game. 
more or less. They lost to Tennessee. Tennessee's were good for a while. They lost to Pittsburgh, the best team in the league. They lost to Tampa. But you look at these games, they lost to Tennessee by two points. They lost to the Steelers by five. But then they lost to the Bucks by 18. So that's that's a little odd. But then they only beat the Jets by 37. Or excuse me, by nine. It was 37 to 28. And then they beat by New England only by six. New England's not a good team. They just aren't. Then they got routed by KC 43 to 16. Then they beat the Chargers by one. They beat the Chargers by one on the last play of the game. So I and then the Chargers are two and five, and they're not even that bad of a team. I'm not a Justin Herbert guy, but they're playing well. The first game they won, they only won by three. They lost an OT the second week. They lost by five the third week. They lost by seven the the fourth week to the Bucks. The one they lost by five was to Carolina. They lost by three in overtime to the Saints in a game that they could have and should have maybe won. They lost by 10 to, or they, excuse me, they beat Jacksonville by 10. And then they lost to Denver by one. Easily. The Chargers could be in second place right now. Herbert's playing really well. I'm not a Herbert guy. I wasn't high on him. I think he's the next Trubisky. And it still is just eight weeks into the year, but, and soon nine. But he's playing out of his mind. He's playing well. And now we're going to the NFC, where I'm, I'm, I'm going to save my division for last just, just to make it interesting in the end. The NFC North, the Packers are an up-and-down team. They lost to the Bucks badly. They lost to the Vikings for no reason in back-to-back weeks. That was an absurd game. They couldn't, for some reason, tackle Dalvin Cook or stop him at all. But any other game they played well, they just absolutely destroyed the 49ers like anybody should. Then there's the Bears, who have been kind of, who have just, they've been inconsistent. Their defense is good, it has been good for the most part all year. They came out hot three games in a row, 27 to 23 over Detroit, close game. They only beat the Giants by, by four, 17-13. They beat Atlanta by four. Atlanta, again, just not playing well in the fourth quarter at all. Any, oh, Atlanta. Then they lost to Indianapolis by eight in a 19 to 11 game, very odd score. They beat the Bucks by one. That was a heck of a game. Tom Brady, only because Tom Brady did, didn't know it was fourth down. A little brain fart there. They beat Carolina by five, and then they lost by four to LA, or excuse me, 14 to LA. And then they lost to the Saints in overtime at, by three. This, the Bears right now really could be tied for first place if not in first, if they hadn't coughed up a few close games. And then the Lions, we talked about there a little bit. They're, they're there, but they have a lot of missing pieces on the defensive end, and they have question marks on the offense. Is DeAndre Swift a good guy? I think he will be a good player. Matthew Stafford just had weapons, loses Galladay for last week. I don't know if he's playing this week or not. Then there's the Vikings, who I... Their point differential is negative 31. They're 2-5. and five. They beat the Packers because Dalvin Cook went off. They also lost to the Packers week one. They lost to the Colts, the Titan, Titans. They beat Houston by eight. It wasn't that close. It was a close game. They lost to Seattle in another close game. They got destroyed by Atlanta for no reason. And then last week, they beat the Packers by six, but it was closer than that score set. It was a little... A little more of a beatdown than that score says. So the Vikings are just in an unfortunate circumstance where they can't finish games or close out games. 
And that's there's no no shockers why they're at the bottom. If you can't close out a game and you keep losing, this is what's going to happen. And I don't think they have much of a shot to come back unless they they would have to win out more or less. Then the NFC South, Tampa Bay. A couple weeks ago, I was still skeptical. I didn't think they were going to the Super Bowl. Now everybody's like, oh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Eh, pump your brakes, pump your brakes. They still have the Saints in the division. They're 6-2. and two, The Saints are 5-2. and two. Then you have Carolina Carolina and Atlanta. Carolina's 3-5. Three and, three and They're not that good of a team. They lost to Atlanta in the fourth quarter where Atlanta somehow hold on to a lead. Atlanta doesn't know how to win in the fourth quarter, and they haven't, done, and they haven't shown it all year except for last week. Is that, a, is that going to continue to be a trend the rest of the year? I doubt it. I really doubt it. So it's Tom Brady and Drew Brees for this division. Right now, Tom Brady is up. They didn't have their bye yet. Or, yes, they did not have their bye yet. I really don't know. I mean, Michael Thomas is coming back. That's a huge, huge upgrade for the Saints, getting Slant Boy back. I mean, what are they without throwing slants all the time to Michael Thomas? Then Tampa Bay has Antonio Brown coming onto the team this week for the first time. And these two teams are playing each other. This is huge. This is a crucial game because it also settles a tiebreaker between the two. If the Saints win, they have a 2-0 record. If the Bucs win, they it's a 1-1 record. And then in the division, they're both the same at the moment. And then we know both of them are going to do well against the rest of the division. So it's a crucial game, and it really could decide the division early. Because I feel like both these teams are going to have about the same record. Gronk is coming alive. The offensive line is great. The running game is good. The defense is unstop- is amazing. Their point differential for the Bucks is 82. Yes, plus 82. That's wild. Saints is only plus 9. The Saints have been up and down and iffy, but I think this is going to be a dogfight, especially with getting Michael Thomas back. Then the NFC West was, at first, seemed to be the best division in the league. I think it still is, for the most part. Seattle's 6-1, riding high off of a great division win against San Francisco. DK Metcalf is a machine. His quarterback is an animal. They're both unstoppable, is what it seems like. Then you have Arizona, who has, in my opinion, the best receiver in the league in DeAndre Hopkins, and Kyler Murray playing out of his mind. Both teams having MVP candidate quarterbacks is so entertaining and awesome to watch. While their defenses aren't that great, Arizona has been playing a lot better. Buda Baker is playing out of his mind. They're not a top-notch defense, but they're good. Then you have the Rams, who are five and three, but they've played up to te- they've blown out teams, and they've played down to teams levels. So I don't I can see them as a wild card. I don't see them doing much else. The San Francisco 49ers are just done. Kittle's out for a while. Garoppolo's out for a while. Not that that matters for their quarter. Garoppolo's bad. This is this is this could be a toss up for the division, and one of these two teams is gonna have, get a wild card, either Seattle or Arizona, and the Rams could find themselves out of the playoffs and, and moving on to the last and final division, having one of these teams be in that playoff spot because of winning their division and the Rams not making it, which is honestly hilarious in my opinion. And this is the way it's always been set up. But the NFC least, baby, the NFC East, the NFC least, this is my division. Used to be a fear division way back, even before I was born in 2000, like prior to that, the 90s and 80s. It was a fear division. It was one of the best divisions of football. The Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, even the Redskins. Look at it now. Look at it now. 
There are eight wins in that whole division right now. Eight. There's a tie. The best team in that division right now is three, four, and one. Washington's two and five. Dallas is two and six. Giants are one and seven. The Giants have played in close games, but they can't come out. They they were up on Philadelphia. And then we came back <laughs> in, in a game that the Giants shouldn't have let up. We were, they, we were down by 14 with six and a half left. And then Carson put up some magic again and put the team on his back and carried him to a victory. But Carson's playing like crap this year. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. He's putting up Jameis Winston numbers, if not worse. People are calling for his heads. The boo birds are coming out. Granted, in my opinion, as a fan, if we win the division, awesome, because then it breaks the streak of nobody winning it back-to-back since the first time since 2004 after we won it like three or four times in a row. This division is awful. It is awful. The bright spots out of this division really is a few Eagles players. It's Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox playing well. Brandon Graham's playing like a top five defensive end in the league right now. And then Travis Fulgham, since he's come into the league, has led the league in receiving yards since week four. Week four was his debut. He leads the league in receiving yards with four, four touchdowns as well with, I believe, 29 catches. But with that brings us to the end of the hog trench. And I appreciate all of you listening in. A little different episode, a little special episode. Hope you all tune in next week. And I hope you all have a great NFL Sunday.